the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast, explaining the news coming out of the complex worlds of finance, economics, and politics, and the impact it will have on everyday Americans. Author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, and trader, Chris Markowski. Okay, welcome everybody. I want to um, want to first get into uh, again a story. It's it's still lingering around, and some things we can learn from this and discuss. I think it's important. Um, <laughs> Price Waterhouse Cooper, uh, their uh, division in Hong Kong, actually gave China's um, Evergrande a uh, clean bill of health. Wow, we ne- we never see that happen. All, all these 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 fancy pants accounting firms. Man, they managed to drop the ball on a regular basis, right? It's their auditor. And they didn't even list any sort of issues or problems with Evergrande's books. When, you know, it takes somebody like myself um, five minutes to start looking through some of these numbers and saying this stuff doesn't add up. Normally, these uh, auditing firms include something which is called a going concern warning. Price Waterhouse Cooper did not. Now, now listen, okay, this is their Hong Kong office, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure you're working for an auditing firm in Hong Kong, which is now China, uh, for all intents and purposes, saying to myself, I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn these guys in. I don't put anything like that. I don't want to go missing. I, I don't want to lose my job here. I, I understand I understand that the tenuous position that they're in. I mean, we, we saw this here, I remember, with uh, Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff, there were um, tons, tons of signals, warnings. You actually had a really bright guy by the name of Harry Markopoulos actually do the numbers, provide all of the information free of charge to the Securities and Exchange Commission, and they didn't do a damn thing. Why? Well, <laughs> Bernie Madoff is a pretty connected guy. He's, you know, he's friends with uh, Chuck Schumer and Frank Lautenberg. And he knew all the right people. Now, the, the kids over at the SEC, you know, maybe they're, they're looking into this and they're saying, oh, you, you don't want to mess with it. You, you want to you lose your job? You, you want to end your career right now? Because you got some powerful people that are friends with Bernie Madoff. Let it go. More than likely a, a similar situation. Another interesting story out of this Evergrande company. Um, man, they have financial fraud in China that is just, it's extraordinary. Um, they, they had a, Evergrande's a property company. They had an auto company. They had an auto company where the valuation of that auto company went almost as high as $90 billion. It's now uh, 4%. Of that at this point in time, obviously wiped out shareholders. But again, the insiders in that company made a freaking fortune. Three directors over a billion dollars in this. Again, I don't know what China is up to. I don't know if these in partic- these individuals in particular are buddies with uh, Xi Jinping. I, I don't know. I don't know, but the more and more I look into this, the more and more skeletons I find. Again, I'm not a big investor in China. We're not. You know, there's had some exposure here and there with various different ETFs. Reason being is, again, I don't know what the hell's going on. 
it's very, very difficult to get accurate information out there. But uh, as I continue to read through this stuff and I continue to see some of these scams and, and whatnot, it reminded me that, uh, what was it, it's Stevie Wonder song there, Skeletons in Your Closet. A lot of skeletons in the closet over here. Not to say that we don't have them here. We do. But, uh, you know, how is China going to go about handling this? Now, Joseph Sternberg in the Wall Street Journal had an interesting piece today, and again, talking about property bubbles and the need to deflate property bubbles. And he almost makes the point that uh, this Evergrande bankruptcy might be doing a bit of a favor for the, the, the government in China. Um, they've got low, like declining birth rates in China, and they've got all of this housing stock uh, that is out there at extraordinary uh, with an extraordinary amount of appreciation. One of the reasons why it's appreciated to such a degree is because of various different uh, government handouts, subsidies, you name it. And, and he makes the point that there's a lesson, um, something that we can learn from this as well, because we do that too. We do that too here in this country, and we've seen in the past, we've seen bubbles in real estate in certain parts of the country. Um, I, I've written a lot about real estate when it comes to one's uh, financial situation and financial plan. Uh, people looking to retire on their home, uh, their primary residence, I, I, people, I, I think that that's a mistake. Always said it was a mistake. Um, one of the things that we try to explain to people here, you want to you treat your primary residence like a bill. Most people, let's say a 15-year mortgage, 30-year mortgage, whatever it may be. What does that cost you every single month? It's a bill. If you get out of your mind the idea that you're going to make money, make this, this huge amount of money on your home, um, it allows you to better prepare. It also forces you to spend money in a more productive manner. Again, you can do the numbers, okay? Yeah, Let, let's say, you know, you buy a home, you hold it for 30 years, and doubles, triples, whatever it may be. I mean, if you just, over that same period of time, you didn't have to live in a home, and you could hang, like a, hang from a tree like a bat, how much would your money be worth if it was just invested in a simple S&P 500 index fund? A hell of a lot more. A hell of a lot more, not to mention the fact that S&P 500 index fund is not, uh, you know, costing you money in upkeep and a myriad of other things. Do you follow my drift here? People convince themselves all the time that primary residence is a wonderful investment. No, no, it's not a wonderful investment. Okay. I'm sorry. I know this is something that, uh, something that a lot of the real estate, uh, agents out there like to pitch. It all depends on your situation. All depends on location. We live in a pretty damn big country, don't we? Pretty damn big country. And, and you know, you can watch demographic shifts here in the United States. Where are people moving to? Where are people moving to? I'll give you a case in point right here. Why not? I'll do an anecdotal story here. Um, the home that I sold, the last home when I, when I lived in Southwest Florida, I sold it. I bought it near, you know, with, with it, it, how was it, 2005, 2006 prices were starting to go through the roof. And I sold and I got out. I owned it for 10 years uh, at about the same price 
that I bought it for, and I was fine. Like, good. Okay, fantastic. You know what? It's a bill. That's something that I have to pay every month. I have to live somewhere. Okay. Um, I didn't think, again, at that point in time, it doesn't make a difference anyway. I'm not a FOMO type of an individual, as you all know. No fear of missing out here. Um, the fact that we've got all sorts of uh, constraints when it comes to supply chain and various different items, not to mention the fact that construction, uh, the, the input prices, commodity prices, things that are going into homes have skyrocketed. Um, where I used to live, there's been a large influx of people down there, but they can't build anything new. It's taking, you know, you buy a new home, it's going to take two years. Two years. I mean, they used to crank houses out during, you know, 2005, 2006, 2007. They got a lot of these things done, depending on the size of the home you want. It's six months, eight months, the most a year. The most. They would crank those things out. Now that's not happening. So with all the people that are moving down there and they can't build any new homes, plenty of land there. Not that there's not a lot of land. Plenty of land to build. Plenty of lots. The value of the homes have gone through the roof. And a friend of mine said, Christian, your house that you sold for, you know, seven years, six, seven years ago, uh, it'd be, you know, $250,000 more easy than what you sold it for. Eh. So what? I mean, I, I don't look at things that way. But th- this is part of, again, you're looking at the demographic shift. People are moving there. People are moving there. Again, you, you play around. It's, it's easy to do nowadays. You can take a look. Take a look at, at various different markets. How, how much is, a, how much is a, si- a similar home in you know, southwest Florida compare it to someplace, in, I don't know, upstate New York? There's other areas of the country as well, and Midwest that are doing very, very well because people are deciding, hey, you know what? I don't have to live in these urban areas. I'm going to move out there. Not enough supply now because... Uh, you know, we talked about it here on the program. We got major home builders there saying that, you know, listen, supply chains are hurting. We're not going to be able to put homes up that quickly. Again, supply and demand plays a part. Now, I, I would, for the most part, for the most part, I, I would agree with the, the statement that you're probably going to hold on your home for 30 years. You're probably going to sell it for more than you bought it for. More than likely. Not always. Again, that just can't always say that. Okay, that's not always going to be the case. But if you consider your home a bill rather than an investment, you end up living within your means. You, you, do, not, you do not, you know, sacrifice putting money away and saving, saving. Okay, you don't sacrifice doing that because you say you got to get more of a home and it's going to be worthwhile. People convince themselves of that all the time. Oh, you're going to get, I'm going to put, put this in. I'm going to put that in. Guess what? I'm going to get my money out. Good luck if you do, but don't count on that. Do you understand? Don't count on that. You want to put a new kitchen in, in your house, your house is dating. Fine. Fantastic. And you know, in some areas, you know what? You might be able to flip that house and you may be able to do it right away. I get that, but not always. So don't count on it. So this is, this is an issue. It's not just with China, with the property bubbles there. It's all over the world. It's all over the world. Eventually, you hit a wall. You hit a wall where you say, hey, 
Um, it's too much. I- I've had I've had several conversations over the past year, year and a half, two years, with people who you know listen to my podcast, radio show, young families, and, and asking asking my advice about whether or not they should buy a home. And they give me the numbers and they're frustrated because, you know, there's bidding wars when it comes to houses and, you know, they've got a kid. And I'm like, you know what? You could suck it up. You can have an apartment for a period of time. You don't want to overpay. You do not want your home, your, your primary residence owning you. Trust me. It's not, I don't care what they tell you. Prices will come back down. There'll be some normalcy eventually. You have to be patient. Don't listen to people. You have to, you have to. You don't have to do a damn thing. You don't have to do a damn thing. Be smart when it comes to purchasing a home. Anyway, anyway. Um, you know what? Let's... Uh, Let's talk quickly about uh, the the border right now. Because again, this is this is <laughs> right now at the Biden administration. They're blaming the um, they're blaming the the border agents. Why the Biden White House is blaming the border agents right now, who are completely overwhelmed. Again, this is becoming par for the course for them. Blame. Blame. And I, I always I love that line from the film Rising Sun, Michael Crichton film. I didn't read the book, saw the movie, might be in the book too. Sean Connery is uh, Sean Connery is talking to Wesley Snipes. This is in the 1980s, and he was talking about you know the Japanese mentality is some um, don't fix the blame, fix the problem. All the Biden administration seems to be doing is fixing blame. Again, uh Price of fuel goes up. Eh, it's the oil companies that are colluding. Flight. Price of meat's going up. Oh, it must be the meat companies that are colluding. We got to look into price fixing. Massive issues at the border. Oh, it must be the border agent's fault. It, it, it really is sad. You know, you know, I actually looked into this because I was curious. Not a lot of people asking these questions. I, I don't understand how just uncurious journalists are i don't even call them journalists anymore how many people out there saying themselves how to bleep how the hell did all of these haitians all of these haitians get to the mexican border haiti haiti's island nation right there attached to the dominican republic and, you know, Florida's a hell of a lot closer for crying out loud. So how did they made their way to Mexico? And they went up there now. Now, this is something that they're not really explaining to everybody. I, I did some homework. I looked into this. First and foremost, uh, already the United States has taken in uh, 700,000 plus Haitian Immigrants. That's how many people from Haitian descent live in the United States today have come here, more than any other nation in the entire world. But um, if you remember that, that horrible, horrible earthquake that took place, what was it, 2010? Um, many Haitians left. They left Haiti and they went to Brazil. 
Brazil needed cheap labor. Now, again, uh, when one thinks of Brazil, I know we can uh, play the old uh, girl from Ipanema song. And I know we might want to think of, uh, you know, tan ladies with wearing thongs on the beach. But we can also think about the fact that that's, there's a lot of poverty in that country. And one would assume that you'd be able to get these people, these Brazilians work. But no, okay, and this is, again, I make fun of these massive sporting events all the time. What a, what a joke they are. Because they use slave labor. So they had all of these Haitians come. It was well over 100,000. Come to Brazil. To build the stadiums for the World Cup. And the Olympics. This is true. Okay. Don't believe it. Look. I, I'm looking into all this stuff. And I said. Well that makes sense. Okay. You, you, they got to pay them. Think about what they were probably paying. The Haitians. That they were paying them less. Than their own citizens. In Brazil. And they held on there for a period of time. They held on there for a period of time, even after the fact. Brazil got hit with COVID. We made it much more difficult now. They're pushing them out. Many of the Haitians also went to Chile. Now they're saying to themselves, you know what? We're done with this. We're done with this. We're going to make our way to America. Oh, yeah. And again, um, who do, you th- who do you think is building the stadiums for the World Cup in Qatar? Qatar. Who do you think? Oh, you think it's those, the, you know, the rich, uh, the rich citizens of Qatar? You think that they're getting their hands dirty and building those? No, no. Um, they actually are importing. Uh, well, it's, 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 it's an export for North Korea. North Korea exports its citizens uh, to build the stadiums. And obviously the paychecks, you think paychecks go to the North Koreans? No, no, the paychecks go uh, back to North Korea. Yay, big sporting event. Yay, big World Cup. Yay, slavery. It is what it is, people. Again, I make fun of this stuff all the time here on the show. But again, that's that's where they're coming. It's not, we had the, the recent earthquake there and the assassination of the president in Haiti, they're not getting to Mexico now. These are people, Haitians that had already left Haiti, which is kind of, it's fascinating because again, no one's asked these questions. No one's explaining exactly how this all works. I want to uh, move on here and talk about, again, the lies, the lies, the budget tricks uh, that the, uh, the donkeys are trying to pull. Um, there was a, there was a debate on CNBC the other day between, um, what was his name? One of the guys from fast money. He's popular. I'll come to my head in a second. And another one of the the guys on the left telling us how, how grand spanking awesome this spending is. And we got to do it. He, he, He couldn't form a coherent argument. Couldn't, they always go to, well, we got to do it because of climate change and we're all going to die if we don't. Was it Bernie Sanders the other day was being interviewed? Oh, we got to do this now. We're all going to die. Really? I, and again, if you're one of those people out there that actually believe that, you're a freaking idiot. You are a freaking idiot. You are a moron. You are completely unable to do any sort of critical thinking whatsoever. Anyway, um, Democrats grasping for straws. 
grasping for ways to finance their cradle-to-grave welfare state. The life of Julia, remember? $3.5 trillion, as we've explained here on the program, is a frickin' lie. It's closer to six. Six trillion. That's right, six trillion dollars. This entire thing is accounting tricks. BS. Enron type crap. If if a company, if I did this with my books, I'd go to jail. You get it? Yeah, this is the type of type of crap that Evergrande was doing in China. It's a type of Enron-esque accounting. Let's start with the, uh, let's uh, pay for people to have kids. Let's pay for people to have kids. Again, I- I've been very, very vocal when it comes to this, because you've got guys like Marco Rubio and Republicans that think that this is just awesome. Um, I don't want to be, again, too harsh here, but why the hell not? If you can't afford to have kids, don't have kids. They're expensive. I just tell you, they're expensive. If you can't afford to have kids, guess what? Guess what? You know, I'd rather invest in handing out condoms again. Okay? I'd rather do that, quite frankly. If you can't afford to have kids, don't. So we're going to extend this $3,000 or $3,600 per child payment for a decade. Okay, for a decade, because they've, they haven't put it in there for the entire time. That's $1.1 trillion, just that part alone. All of the tax increases, every single tax increase that you put into this bill eats that all up, that one provision alone. That one provision alone eats up all of the tax increases. So, again, what did Democrats do? They only allotted for that $3,000 to $3,600 to 2005. Knowing, knowing, and again, all of this should be illegal. Should be illegal. If I was, you know, the Republicans, Mitch McConnell, uh, all those guys there, I said, yeah, yeah, well, you know, we'll pass your bill, but you got to put everything in there for 10 years. Everything in there for 10 years, and we're going to score it based upon that. Let's, let's see how that works. Because again, Democrats are counting on Republicans to be kitty cats, if you know what I mean. Meow, 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 because they know. They know that Republicans will not let it expire. Eve, Republicans take over the House. They take over the Senate. They get the White House. They're not going to repeal it because they'll go on. Republicans are taking away money. They're putting a tax on the middle class. Oh, all the children, the children, women and children are going to be most affected by this. I love that one, too. Yeah. Then you got Medicare expansion. Okay. Now, Medicare is an expand. Ah, Yes. New vision and hearing benefits. Those are going to kick in over the next two years, and they're going to cost about $20 billion a year. But Democrats are delaying on purpose. Again, this is a counting trick. Delaying the phase-in of the much, much more expensive dental benefit to 2028 
Okay, so that cuts out $420 billion over 10 years. But what's going to happen after that? What's going to happen after that? The costs are going to explode. The costs are going to go through the roof. And again, and again, you're going to dare? You're going to dare touch that third rail, Republicans? No, no, no way. Then you've got the um, universal child care entitlement. This gives $90 billion to the states, but only from 2022 to 2027. Now, this bill uh, limits household costs to a share of income on a sliding scale. Nobody is going to pay more than 7% of income, no matter how much they earn or how many children they have. Now, if I was in the child care business, I'd be licking my chops right now saying, really? Oh, guess what? We can charge more. And that's what's going to happen. I mean, that is what's going to happen. You're going to subsidize child care. Child care providers are going to charge more. That's just how the world works. It's the same crap that happens with colleges. If you take away student aid and student loans, colleges and universities would have to price their product based upon what people could afford to pay. There wouldn't be any more kids graduating with $300,000 in debt with some ridiculous film degree. Not to mention the fact what happens when that $90 billion runs out. But you think that these states are, are smart enough to save money for a rainy day? When they have to start picking up the costs? Uh-uh. No way. Democrats also charge states with setting up a universal pre-K entitlement, which would start next year and run through 2028. The House Education and Labor Committee doesn't specify an appropriation, but President Biden's budget projects the new entitlement would cost $33 billion a year when fully phased in. Now, again, feds, we got you. We got you now. Okay, we're going to get it. We're going to get you now. Okay, this is this is almost like Washington, D.C. version of freemium gaming. You know, where you give away the game, but then you start convincing the kids that they got to spend money to improve their character, whatever it may be. Washington's share of the bill is going to decline to 60% by 2028. That would shift the spending to the states. Oh, yeah, it reduces the 10-year costs. But again, somebody's got to pay. Going to be the states. Going to be the states. Democrats are also shifting some of the costs of free community college to the states. The entitlement passed by the House Education and Labor Committee would run only from 2023-24 school year through 27-28. The feds would pay 100% of average state tuition and fees for students at community colleges in 2023, but 80% by 2027. This phase-out saves, again, $50 billion off the 10-year federal tab. This is the same crap that they did with the Obamacare Medicaid expansion. Same exact thing. Anyway, um, none of this, by the way, you hearing anybody talking about this on the news? Anybody? You got many Republicans coming out explaining this to people? 
I don't, I don't hear. I mean, I, I, again, I don't know. Maybe they're going to start doing it shortly. You know, I don't know. It's possible. But if you actually accounted for what everything is going to cost, just over 10 years, let, let's forget about what it's going to cost further on down the line. Okay. Do you think LBJ came out and said, hey, you know, you know, yeah, we're going to, you know, this war on poverty is going to cost us, I don't know, more than every other war that the United States has been in combined and then some, I don't know, 2020, 25, 26 trillion dollars. Entitlements don't end. And if you were just to price this thing, score this thing accordingly, over a 10-year period of time, you're looking at close to $6 trillion. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.